and popular music, Dr. Bruce Conforth would always say, have a great week, everybody, and go blue. Good evening. Uh, welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. You are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor, and my name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And just a little bit of a heads up out there the snow's coming down pretty good. Uh, if you're homeless, move to another state. If you're shoeless, go find a pair of boots. If you're biking, I hope you left a note. And, your loved ones. and if you're clueless, uh, stay off the roads because they're kind of slippery. And I hate to say this, as a cab driver that worked many winters here in Ann Arbor, there are a lot of people, the per- first part of the winter, when we first get some snow, who seem to have forgotten what some of the rules about driving on snow are all about. So uh, take more time. Don't... Follow cars too closely. 
Be aware that you may have to stop suddenly. And if you're clueless, stay off the roads. <laughs> oh, and here's one last tip. If uh, you're wondering why people are shaking their fists angrily at you uh, as they pass you, you might be one of those people who forgot to fully wipe off all of your windows. Yes. A very important safety tip. Uh, it's only going to take another minute and a half of your busy travel time, uh, but uh, please wipe your windows free of snow on all sides. And if your cell phone does not have an airbag app on it, i.e. an app, an actual airbag that explodes when you get into a car accident on your cell phone, I don't think they've invented that yet, uh, do not text and drive either in this kind of weather because... Uh, Conditions change quickly, ramps are bad, bridges are bad, and this is like slick snow. If you got some uh, cross-country skis, have at it. It's perfect tonight for that. Just a quick heads up to our engineer, Andrew. Uh, I, this microphone keeps slipping away from me here. If I can go to uh, number three. Otherwise, I'm just going to be doing a slow-motion James Brown reach-out-for-the-microphone right, right. all program long. So there we go. Thank you very much. And uh, just another little quick kind of interesting announcement. I noticed yesterday in the Sunday New York Times editorial section that Jim Reich has a piece. Jim Reich was down here at WCBN for a long time. Oh, in letters to the editor? No, it's actually like a column. Oh, wow. Uh, he works Overlooked that. at... Um, Williams College, I think was what I read, Communications, talks a little bit about U of M. Jim and I have a kind of an intimate connection with him because he used to do the fish fry. Friday nights, yeah. Friday after, nights. Uh, Mars and I used to do the radio mystery spot on Fridays. And you guys did the radio mystery spot, and for years, Gray Matters was on Friday. So the fish yeah, fry. Right at uh, that time. And I was actually housemates with Jim for a while. He's a, he's a tremendous. Great guy. Individual scholar of the blues, uh, very knowledgeable on the blues and uh, knowledgeable on a lot of stuff. The column is in yesterday's New York Times, at least in the national section of that publication. I'll try and bring a copy down here and paste it on the wall for other CBNers to look at. I neglected to do that tonight, anyway. Uh, boy, I hope this Roy Moore thing goes away. I it. Well, <laughs> the best scenario is he loses, <laughs> and we don't have to talk about him or deal with him anymore. Well, if he loses, we might not have to talk about him anymore, or at least for a while. But I suspect that this is uh, already something that uh, Trump is seeing blowback on. Oh, yeah. With regard to his own personal shenanigans. Well, and the thing that's bizarre is that uh, when, when the Roy Moore story broke a couple of weeks ago, he was in Asia, and he issued a statement saying, well, we'll look at it when I get back. You know, he didn't say anything for a week, and the allegations got more harrowing, to say the least. Vivid, even. And... Um, Roy Moore, I wish, was just being tossed on his behind uh, for the Ten Commandments nonsense and, and having been removed from office. Well, you could, as a judge, reject him as unsuitable for his uh, stated opinion that uh, all the amendments to the Constitution after the Tenth are superfluous. Yeah, well, I mean, it's his <laughs> goodness big, sakes. His big obsession, of course, was the Ten Commandments. And the hypocrisy uh, in America about the Ten Commandments is kind of remarkable. 
Thou shalt not kill. <laughs> Does that figure in anywhere in America's uh, military policy? <laughs> Running around the globe intervening in everybody's affairs? No. So I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to be close uh, either way, I'm sure. If there's a landslide, it's going to be Roy Moore with the landslide because I was looking at the uh, sort of the voting statistics dating back quite some time. And this is a state um, that used to be kind of a uh, 46-54, kind of 53, uh, Bill Clinton in... uh, 1996 got 46% as opposed to uh, Bob Dole, who got 53%, with Perot getting the remainder. And in, in 2000, Gore got uh, 42%, and W. Bush got 58%. But in recent years, this has gone more into the 21, 22 point margin range. So this is a very safe. Uh, Republican seat, and I don't know what Roy Moore means by Alabaman values. Not too sure what those are, but it's a pretty remarkable. When asked, uh, apparently at a news conference by a voter, uh, when was America great? He said, "I think it was great at the time when families were united, even though we had slavery. They cared for one another." People were strong in the family. Mm, Yeah. Not really great times at all. (laughs) That comment is so bizarre and so misinformed. It's pretty outrageous that Donald Trump has been touting and blowing Roy Moore's horn for the last several weeks. And the RNC bizarrely got into the the Roy Moore uh, race last week by throwing in a bunch of money. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, bizarrely, even after Trump went on a tweet rampage against Mitt Romney, uh, whose daughter, I believe, is works for the RNC. And oh, oh, his his his, his married uh, nephew uh, niece. niece. I okay, say. so his niece uh, actually writes the check for the RNC to uh, contribute to the Roy Moore fund. Remarkable. Yeah, and Mitt Romney, to his credit, has denounced uh, Roy Moore, as has the other senator from Alabama, who incidentally was actually elected as a Democrat. I don't know why the media can't point that out. He switched parties. Uh, following the Newt Gingrich revolution uh, because he wanted to be a chairman of a committee. Uh, and I suspect, by the way, that Jones originally was was probably thinking of run, running twice. Some people run for office to get name recognition. And then Shelby, because he's quite old now, he's in his, I think he's 83. So I don't know how long he's going to be hanging around, but... Uh, it should be interesting. Obviously, the urban areas of Alabama will be the key. Uh, well, and, and who um, decides to stay at home? Yeah. Which base is going to stay home and just go meh to the whole thing? 
Well, and that probably might, determine the outcome. That might happen, and I'm I'm I don't even know how quote uh, pro-abortion. This is the the new allegation being made about, against Doug Jones. Really is. I think the claim that he's weak on crime is ridiculous. He's a prosecuting attorney. He's a prosecuting attorney in the state of Alabama, and I don't know what Alabama has done to American civilization, uh, other than give us George Wallace, some of the worst prisons in human civilization, and lots of cotton. But uh, <laughs> and football, they've had some good football teams. Um, but, it's kind of bizarre to think that the uh, immediate future of American politics is in the hands of the voters of Alabama. Well, it, you know, it, it, what's funny about it is Trump is in a very, very bad position either way. Exactly. Yeah. If he wins, he's going to have to deal with the expulsion of Roy Moore as well as the continuing uh, cloud of uh, shenanigans around his whole career, which I keep waiting for those lawsuits. Well, over the weekend, there were some interesting developments on that we can come back to in a moment. Um, but if Roy Moore loses, just to finish that point, uh, then it starts to look like, wow, the Republican lost a Senate race in one of the safest Republican states in the country. It's It, it really is, in many ways, a kind of a referendum on Trumpism. And uh, even though it's this one Senate seat in uh, Alabama, which normally wouldn't really be that exciting of a, of a race, it, it's going to be a kind of a key determiner in how things play out over the next few months. Well, indeed, because let's remember that the health care uh, reform replace uh, get rid of Obamacare operation by uh, Donald Trump and the Republicans, that was defeated only because three Republican senators voted with the Democrats. Remember that if there are ties, Mr. Pence, a man for all seasons, uh, casts the deciding vote. And this tax cut bill, by the way, just a couple of weeks ago, that, that passed 5149 and that tax bill is a big, hot mess. I mean, it is a disaster. Mm -hmm. And there are, to be quite frank with you, irreconcilable differences on numerous aspects of that bill. I don't know if that's actually even going to get through. But this notion that we're going to ram it through, perhaps pending the outcome of the Roy Moore-Doug Jones vote, is even more troubling, in my opinion. Pardon the expression. But obviously the Democrats would gain one more vote. I, it's not a guarantee, by the way, that Doug Jones would vote uh, with the Democrats on a tax bill. I don't know. Uh, and unfortunately, the issues have been muddied up by a lot of foolishness, uh, even by the Democrats. Uh, John Conyers, look, he's had to go. <laughs> That's obvious. He's had financial shenanigans over his career. I don't know whether the sexual allegations are true or not, but uh, I think that it's... Well, apparently he had paid a settlement uh, along, right. for, along those lines, which sort of suggests that they are. And there's a uh, Republican named Farron... Farron Holt. Uh, Farron Holt, uh, who paid a $84,000 Blake Farron uh, by the way, not to be confused with the brilliant uh, Washington Post journalist with that last name. Um, and what and, was the the Republican who uh, offered 
big cash money to one of his, uh, you know, congressional staffers to be a surrogate mother for his child? Yeah, well, that's even more bizarre. I don't know whether that he is... just outright. And qu- I'm 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 out of here. I quit. I don't know whether that involved uh, procreation of the uh, <laughs> of the satin variety or the uh, <laughs> procreation of uh, a, a licensed medical establishment with cotton sheets. Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> and others are just. Uh... Make it go away. <laughs> Make it go away. It's getting more absurd by the week now. He apparently was forced out after a meeting with uh, Paul Ryan, Speaker of the uh, Speaker of the House, and uh, he pretty much laid it on the line. But for some reason, Blake Farenthold is still uh, in action, uh, seemingly facing an ethics inquiry. So yeah, this this whole Alabama Senate race. Stay tuned, but it's gonna be it's not gonna go away if Roy Moore wins. And as I say, I wish that they would be talking more about the problem problematic uh, real issues in Alabama, connected to economic uh, development, uh, high uh, un you know uninsured rates, uh, massive quantities of poverty. Than a sorely underfunded education system. Precisely. And I wish they were talking more about Roy Moore and the at least eight of the Ten Commandments. I mean that that would that would that would be a start. <laughs> but the Ten Commandments, alas, is just gonna have to remain a movie uh starring Charlton Heston and Yul Brenner, who can forget he played Pharaoh. <laughs> The parting of the Red Sea. Oh, yes. <clears throat> and, of course, that's back in the news. Jerusalem. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Boy, what a strange way to go about Trump, the master negotiator. Let's buckle on a key point uh, for no intrinsic gain whatsoever right. towards anything like a peace process. Uh, I won't even go into the bizarre spectacle of the denture flapping at the announcement. Some people were thinking he was stroking out. I don't know if you saw the clip. Uh, I it's, heard it's from a friend that it was pretty bizarre. Ridiculously bizarre. Uh, <laughs> whoever the stage manager is, they need a new one. They said he was grasping for um, water. Well, that was the White House excuses. Oh, he had a dry throat. It's the, There were other things going on there. Perhaps a dry throat, too, uh, to be fair. But anyway. You mean he'd been toking down before this uh, no, I I doubt that too. Um, I don't that, think that he could all, handle that, quite frankly. Yeah, that was always Bill Clinton's big blunder. Blow his mind, huh? He never should have said, "I didn't inhale." He just should have said, "Dude, I didn't know how to talk." Yeah, or I went to college during a certain era. <laughs> you you figure it out. Cheech, but, and, uh, Cheech for, and Chong didn't teach me how to do bong hits for Trump to stand there and say god bless israel god bless the palestinians and god bless america what does that even mean nothing what does that even mean and for those who think that this is a gift to israel i think maybe not because well, this is just going to uh ratchet up tension levels and it goes and security back, costs and it goes back to the complicated aspects of the creation of israel originally of course jerusalem was 
going to be a, a, quote, international city. That is how it is legally defined by the United Nations. So the United Nations charter is somewhat unambiguous about that Mm -hmm. subject. Now, in the 1948 war, uh, the Arab-Israeli conflict, uh, Israel seized the western part of Jerusalem, and then it became a divided city. So think like Berlin. Berlin. East Berlin, West Berlin. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. (laughs) Well, Gorbachev never put the wall up. Walter Ulbricht did. (laughs) A minor technicality. Uh, The East Germans put up the wall. Uh, They were putting up the wall to prevent uh, the human flow of uh, the brilliant scientists in Germany that were going to the West for all kinds of reasons. Germany was the winner of the Cold War. I'd always like to point out. Indeed. Not not America. But this this sort of bizarre announcement to create more uh, distractions in 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 the middle of the Roy Moore situation cuz let's face it this uh this thing about Roy Moore is is even more troubling in another realm in my opinion and that's related to this evangelical christian thing you know that there's some connection between quote good christians who support Roy Moore and bad christians who support Doug Jones this is nonsense and this religion uh, issue has got to has got to go in politics. You know, it's very troubling, by the way, that the tax cut. Yeah, I was just going to mention that. You know, I don't want to talk about Roy Moore and his Johnson, or Donald Trump's Johnson, for that matter. But let's talk about the Johnson Amendment for a second. This is in the tax bill. This is this involves nonprofit. Uh, status of of religious institutions that would now allow them to openly campaign for candidates. This is not what we want. And this may hasten the end of religion in the United States. Who wants to go to church and hear yet more politics? The whole thing is bizarre. Well, David Brooks points out in his Sunday piece, uh, or Saturday piece in the Times, that the the Republican Party is toxifying itself uh, for the future. That the uh, young young people are uh, turning away in horror uh, at, at, from the, the current day uh, shape of the Republican Party. And why would you even put the Johnson Amendment in a tax bill? That was determined many years ago uh, under the the separation of church and state, basically, and it allowed for nonprofit status for churches for other reasons. Fine. But allowing churches to become uh, campaign uh, stops, and of course, there's always then been they a should lot be taxed. Of, there's always been a if, lot of if fraud going, involving that. I might add. Oh, very much so, and also uh, major hypocrisy. I think a lot of these uh, hardcore evangelicals are so narrowly defining uh, the tenets of the Christian faith as to be unrecognizable by Christ Himself. Yeah. If he were to return. Um, well, and, yes, he he threw the money changers out of the temple. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> the last time I checked. Uh, what profited a man if he gained the world yet lose his soul? Right. And, of course, we know Trump is an expert on the Bible. <clears throat> he doesn't even <clears throat> know that it's called Second Corinthians. No, he calls it 
Corinthians 2. Kofave 2. Well, that's how it appears in the table of contents. Right. At the beginning of the book. Shows that he doesn't go to church much. Um, which I really don't care. I mean, if, if he would actually promote that as a as a as a concept. Well, and again, people are beginning to recognize this the the toxicity of this evangelical uh, extremism uh, in cases like the Roy Moore case, um, and are just backing away from that. You know, uh, if you think about how can a Christian faith identify or see, you know. Uh, the ability to coalesce with uh, neo-Nazis, you know, but of course that was sort of part of the ideology of the KKK is we are Christians. We are protecting the true white traditions, uh, but that's just ridiculous nonsense. Well, and it's the other thing at all. bizarre is really until, uh, you know, with the exception of the Kennedy uh, race in 1960 and the Al Smith race in 1928, um, the United States of America has just had nothing but Protestants since the beginning of our republic in one form or another. And it's interesting that Jimmy Carter was the first uh, winner of the presidential election due to the Christian evangelicals mm -hmm. in 1976. Uh, he got two-thirds of the Christian evangelical vote because he claimed he was a born-again Christian. He taught Sunday school. He was a Southern Baptist. Uh, then religion began playing a bigger role in our campaigns, unfortunately. And the the notion that the Christian evangelicals are somehow being persecuted, which is another new revisionist uh, talking point of Roy Moore. Well, and that was part bizarre. of the Fox News Network BS about the war on Christmas. It's absurd. Yeah, the war on Christmas. Uh, well, there is a war on Christmas. I, I understand that a bot is buying up all the hot toys this year. <laughs> you want you want that hot toy? It's Putin. It's <laughs> Russian bots. Uh, and and let's face it, the evangelicals helped elect both of the Bushes. Um, Reagan too. Reagan won two terms because of that. Uh, even Bill Clinton and Al Gore were able to convince Bubba. He was a mythical character that existed back in 1992. Bubba, who was the uh, white Southern male that voted for the Democrats because Bill Clinton and Al Gore were Southern Baptists, raised as Southern Baptists, Southerners. And that was one of the reasons Bill Clinton was so successful in the Electoral College. He won a lot of southern states. In fact, what was interesting about the states he won, when I looked at the map once, was he won every single state that touched the Ohio River, the Mississippi River, and that's all you need to know. <laughs> that's you know, a lot of states. That, that doesn't even include the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean. So where there was water... He won. It's remarkable when you think back that Trump did as well as he did with the Bubba vote, considering that he's a New York East Coast uh, heretic, fiscal elite, a heretic, a philanderer. All of these things that run counter to the, what we'll call Alabama values. Right. And an unknown 
value, yet by the way. The, the distaste for what the Republican Party has become was so vast that people were either intrigued by his coarseness or uh, their contempt for Hillary Clinton was enough to, to push them towards him. It, it's astonishing that those kind of people voted for this guy who has demonstrated with his billionaire cabinet and the, as you say, hot mess of a so-called tax plan, uh, that his interests are corporate, elite, exclusivist, all the way. Right. It's nothing his, populist at all. His role model uh, gr <clears throat> when he was back in college seems to have been Wayne Cochran. And what <laughs> on an amalgam of Wayne Cochran and Roy Cohn. <laughs> yeah, my lawyer. He, he used to brag about having Roy Cohn as a lawyer. Uh, but this other comment this, this past week that really has to go down in history is one of the most bizarre from any chief executive in American history. He's claiming that the FBI is in tatters. And I was like, what's he, listening to the Rolling Stones at night? Should do be. <laughs> Shattered. It's in tatters, man. I'm like, tatters? What? 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 What is he talking about? Um, and, and for him to claim that the current FBI is the worst that's ever been demonstrates such profound ignorance of American history. It's, it's And also a, a great sense of uh, anxiety about the uh, rate at which the Mueller investigation is exposing incredible shocking details. Shocking details. And, of course, part of the, that ongoing investigation is <laughs> some very interesting developments. Uh, with the Leonardo uh, da Vinci painting that was sold a couple weeks ago at Christie's. Now, the Saudi government is disputing that King's Prince Salman uh, was the buyer of the painting, but we'll find out eventually. <laughs> it's it's a fascinating story in and of itself. I still want to see Jared Kushner's travelogue. <laughs> because Saudi Arabia. The oligarch uh, that owned this painting was the man who, who bought the, the mansion from Donald Trump, the $40 million unit, where he paid $95 million and then tore it down after discovering that it didn't have flamingos living on it. <laughs> Mike, what's going on here? There seems to be money laundering. In other words, oh, well, this guy needs to be bailed out. The crown prince of Saudi Arabia can give him a little profit on a painting that he bought six years ago, and and then we'll sell Saudi Arabia all kinds of arms <laughs> so that they can attack Yemen. It's, uh, it's very troubling, and I hope that Special Prosecutor uh, Mueller uh, looks into this uh, painting purchase because it's very suspicious. Let's remember that the highest price paid for a painting before two weeks ago was $179 million for a Picasso. Well, why is this painting that many people think is a forgery, <laughs> why is somebody paying $400 million uh, for this painting? And especially when you look at the religious aspects and problems therein connected with the Prince of Saudi Arabia buying an image of a prophet. You'll have to look that up uh, on your own because I don't want to talk about religion. <laughs> no, but... That's an understatement. Some, 
sometimes uh, we have to, although as I like to remind people, the Constitution guarantees freedom of and freedom from religion. That from is maybe the most important part. Uh, you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. The program is Gray Matters, and 